Glad to have you back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Hiring drivers right now. Grocery drivers making 90000 plus a year. Fuel drivers making over a hundred. Big time, uh, big time sponsor of the program, and thanks to them for being a part of the program. And if you're looking for a uh, career with our friends at Quick Trip, you need a Class A CDL. Get a hold of them. All you got to do is go to quicktrip.com slash go places. That is quicktrip.com slash go places. Uh, so let's do this. Joining us now uh, over on our hotline is uh, Brad Spielberger. He's with uh, Pro Football Focus and uh, does a lot with over the cap and really kind of the capologist, so to speak. Uh, Brad, how you doing? Hey, doing well. How about yourself? We're doing extremely well today. So let's start with the Green Bay Packers because obviously we're paying attention to how much money they have left to spend when it comes to free agency, June 1st cutdowns, all that kind of stuff. So where is this team right now, close as you can tell? Yeah, I mean, they have cleared up a ton of room. They obviously maxed out almost every restructure available on the roster and pushing some money down the line. Um, they do have some more avenues to create room if they wanted to. They could restructure a guy like Dean Lowry. Obviously, an extension for Jair Alexander would probably drop his salary cap number uh, for 2022. So, But they have some room to spend if they want to continue add uh, some pieces to this roster. How much do they have when it, how much do you have to have held back for the draft? I have always figured between eight and ten million, something like that. Yeah, so it obviously depends on your pool, and so theirs clearly just went up uh, you know by adding a first and second round pick. For them this year, they're gonna need a right around six million in cap space if they were to use the picks they have as of today. Um, once you know you got to replace the guys on your roster. So yeah, right around six million is what they would need for this class. Okay, so they're sitting with six. You're saying right now, I'm looking at uh, the the over the cap. They're sitting at about 17. So they've got about 11 million to kind of tinker with. And then you talk about Dean Lowry and the possibility of Jair, some restructures, maybe get that thing up to about 15, 18, 19 million, something like that. So right now, value wise on the open market, we know the Packers are looking for wide receivers. That that's a given. But they could also use offensive line depth. They could probably use another outside pass rusher, which they're probably going to go to the draft and get. But out right now on the open market, who might be of value when it comes to the wide receiving position, do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think they are still in conversations with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Obviously, once they traded Devontae Adams, you know, I think before that trade, he probably wasn't a realistic option. Now that, now that he's gone, I think they probably reopened conversations there. And then I think you could look to maybe some one-year flyer guys that do carry some risk. But, you know, a guy like Will Fuller that signed a one-year flyer with the Dolphins last year, kind of was not able to get on the field with injuries, which has been the story of his career to, to a degree. Um, but a guy that maybe you convince and say, hey, look, come play for us. You'll get a ton of targets, a ton of you know ability to boost your value and maybe cash in the following offseason. Uh, some of the other teams that right now are pressed really hard against the cap. You're looking at a team like the Bills, where they're they're sitting up against it, the Buccaneers, the Falcons. Uh, what can those teams, because we know the Buccaneers, with bringing Tom Brady back, you want to run it back at least one more time. What do they need to do to kind of get one under the cap, two to be able to squeeze in anybody else that they need to help Brady win another championship? Yeah, so they're probably going to have to restructure Tom Brady's deal um, and push some money down the line again. And then a couple other candidates, Donovan Smith at left tackle, I think he will get his deal restructured at some point. And then maybe linebacker Levante David. They tend to try to avoid some of those older players um, and, and pushing cap into the future. But as you mentioned, when you have Tom Brady in probably his last season, who knows, maybe he'll play until he's 50 for all we know. But you might as well just go crazy. Just push all the money into the future, try to load up on talent, bring Gronkowski back, maybe bring Dominic and Sue back. 
and just do whatever you can to get the best team around him possible. Let me ask you this. What what are the Panthers looking to do? Uh, are they just stockpiling money right now for the future? Or what are they looking to do sitting with over $30 million right now uh, under the cap? You know, I think you you don't always want to take signals from teams doing stuff like this. But so far this offseason, we saw the Bills kind of cleared a bunch of cap space and then Von Miller got done. We saw the Raiders were clearing a ton of cap space and then Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams walked through that door. So, for me, when I see the Panthers basically restructuring every contract on their roster, I still think they're going to try to get a veteran quarterback. They just simply cannot have Sam Darnold be their week one guy. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to make a push just to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo at some point in the near future. Is Trey Lance, do you feel ready to go? You know, I think it's a fair question. And I think the way that the 49ers have operated maybe suggests that Look, they still believe in him, but he's coming along a little bit slowly. I mean, he started one season effectively, not even in Division One football. So you had to think it was going to be a slow process there. But by all accounts, he, he is an incredibly smart guy. Apparently last year he was he was blowing teams away in terms of his ability, you know, both football IQ and just general life IQ. So I think he's coming along. I'm sure they're comfortable starting him. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is still around for a reason, and maybe they, they like that security blanket in case Lance is, is not ready yet. Talking with uh, talking with our buddy Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, also cap analyst. You can get him at PFF underscore Brad. You've got a team like the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously lose Tariq Hill. They now have uh, about twenty seven to twenty eight million under the cap. What is they? What do they need to do? And what are they looking to do? They they have to make a couple moves. I mean, I respect and appreciate them clearing about twenty million in cap space and saving obviously the, the massive extension he just got from Miami uh, in Tyreek Hill. This is what teams look. This is why the New England Patriots were good for twenty years and not five years and then and then flashed out. And that's why the Green Bay Packers and I get Packers fans probably want more Super Bowl rings to show for it. But this is how you actually make the playoffs year in and year out and maybe get lucky and get a couple rings. So. They need to bring in some receivers, though. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was in town for a visit yesterday. They obviously signed Juju Smith-Schuster. I think they need to continue to look at guys. Maybe a Jarvis Landry could be an option for both of those clubs. And then in the draft, they now have two first-round picks, maybe again a dress wide receiver. I actually think the biggest weakness on the roster right now, though, is edge rusher. I think they need to add talent at edge rusher. Uh, I want to go to the uh, defending champions, the Rams. Von Miller gone, OBJ, he's got the torn ACL, and I don't know where he's going to sign on, if anytime soon. So they lose a couple of key pieces to that championship run. They're only about $8 million under the cap, so they don't have a ton of money to spend. What do they need to do to stay on top? Yeah, so I think they're going to extend Aaron Donald in the near future to a, to a pretty crazy deal. Um, but again, it will probably clear a little bit of upfront cap space via that extension, even if he gets you know maybe thirty plus million dollars per year on that deal. And they have a bunch of restructure options as well. They, they could they could clear room by restructuring Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, their right tackle Rob ha- Havenstein. They could clear some room there. So you know, really, really a ton of options for them if they want to keep adding talent. I think they also had the money earmarked for Von Miller and him going elsewhere. You know, it, it, they said it's why they signed Allen Robinson. But then again, they trade Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. So they have some room to maneuver if they'd like to. I was going to ask you about the Aaron Donald signing because I, I know I agree with you. I think they're going to extend him. There was some question whether or not he'd even come back. So do they drop some kind of a poison pill in there if he decides to retire? It doesn't crush the organization? Um, I don't think poison pill may be a little bit too strong, but perhaps what they would do, and actually this would be different than, than Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, is 
One of the intricacies of why Aaron Rodgers' deal had no signing bonus but had a roster bonus is because you can't go after, you can't try to get a player to forfeit roster bonus money. But you can, hypothetically, say they sign Aaron Donald, give him this massive signing bonus, and then he retires a year later. They could, in theory, ask him to pay some of that money back. You know, I, I don't see that happening. I, I don't think it would be a particularly good look. It's not something teams have done. Guys like Andrew Luck, and, and we go on the list of guys that that did not happen with. But, yeah, they could protect themselves with how they structure the deal. Uh, real quick, I know Cincinnati, they needed to bolster their offensive line. The other participant in the Super Bowl, they still have quite a bit of money. They've done a good job in spending it. Uh, but how much have they bolstered that offensive line and taken care of some of the problems that uh, were so glaring in the Super Bowl and throughout the postseason? Yeah, they've done a great job. I think a thing that we talk about a lot here at PFF is that going from bad to average at offensive line is more meaningful and more impactful than going from you know average to good. Like, it was such a drain and a strain on their roster and Joe Burrow's ability to produce with how bad they were. So, you know, you add a center in Ted Karras, a right guard in Alex Kappa, and a right tackle in Lyle Collins. Look, none of those guys are, are, are incredible. They're all good players, though. And to go from three liabilities to three good players is just a massive step forward. Talking with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, studies the cap. You can find his stuff at PFF underscore Brad. Now, back to the NFC North. Let's start with the Bears and and what they've done. Allen Robinson gone and and hanging out. Then you've got Khalil Mack gone. They've they've changed the head coach. They've changed things, but they're bringing in some guys to try to protect Justin Fields. Where are they right now and what you would consider to be their process to get back? It's, it's a little scary in Chicago. I mean, I think they have an argument. I'd probably say the Atlanta Falcons have the worst roster in the NFL on paper as of today. Uh, the Chicago Bears are in that conversation. I mean, of course, if Justin Fields takes a step forward like many expect him to, maybe he can cover up some of those weaknesses. But, I mean, their, their offensive line is very bad. They have basically one wide receiver on the roster and Darnell Mooney. They did bring in Byron Pringle from the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, to be their slot option, but a one-year flyer for $4 million, nothing crazy there. Um, They're trying to turn things over. They're trying to get back, but I think they're trying to be patient, not try to spend too aggressively. And frankly, I think maybe wait out the Packers one more year and then target 2023 as a a year they, they really spend, get aggressive, and try to make the playoffs again with Justin Fields. Then you've got the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousin, obviously getting more guaranteed money. That guy has made a career out of uh, just kind of betting on himself in the circumstance. But where are they right now? Yeah, you know, I really do not understand why they think they can do this. They've basically been doing the same approach every year since 2017 when they made the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum and then thought, okay, if we bring in Kirk Cousins, that'll push us over the top. They had this incredible defense back then. A lot of those guys are gone. Um, obviously, you know, Zadarius Smith is a good signing, went healthy. I don't need to tell Packers listeners that he is a great player, went healthy. But I just don't really understand why they think this is a competitive roster. I mean, the NFC Conference is weak. It's, there's not a lot of competition. I do think they have a, you know, a wild card type roster. But I, I just I don't really get the approach. If I came in there personally, I would have been shopping Kirk Cousins for a trade, trying to get maybe a first-round pick and more back. I would not be signing guys. I would be more shedding shedding players, maybe traded to Neil Hunter as well, though his value was kind of at a low point, so I get not doing that. But, yeah, like I said, I think they're going to be a wild-card team. Is that, is that a success? You know, I don't know. And they're sacrificing the future to do so. 
And then, obviously, Dan Campbell over in Detroit. Uh, he got his guys to play for him, but some seem to think that he might be in over his head. And what they're trying to do, they're trying to bolster their secondary, which completely stinks. I don't know if they're going to be able to get more offensive weapons to help out Jared Goff. Give me your thoughts on Detroit. I actually really, really like GM Brad Holmes there. Came over from the Los Angeles Rams. I think his draft class last year, and this isn't saying much, but I think it was the best Lions draft class in about a decade. And, and I'm saying that a year after it happened, but that, that's how, how good I think the class was and also just how bad they've been for a long time. But they are still definitely a year or two away. They need to use those two first-round picks this year and next year and hit on some players and bring in some more talent. You know, with them, though, the trenches is where they're starting. And the offensive line is, is, is quietly one of the better offensive lines in football. Definitely not great in, in terms of weapons. And as you mentioned, their secondary is a bit of a disaster. But they're trying to build from the inside out. Obviously, all these, you know, these tough, nitty-gritty quotes we get from Dan Campbell. You know, I, I don't know about him particularly, but I, I, I understand the approach and the philosophy. I think they're being patient. And I think one more year and then maybe next year we see them make a move at a quarterback, maybe add a big wide and then see if they can be competitive. Brad, great stuff, man. Love Pro Football Focus. Always appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming on for a couple of minutes, okay? Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome stuff. There you go. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Love to get those guys on. Always a wealth of knowledge. This is all they do, and he's kind of their capologist. And like he said, with what the Packers have, it's not 8 to 10. It's probably 6 to 8 million is what they're going to need to uh, to have that cap availability for the the draftees, so that would leave them about eleven twelve million bucks, and then some restructures. Maybe they have a little bit more money, get it up to maybe about seventeen to twenty, possible, and still have enough room to go out and get somebody. Should the uh, June first cutdowns, you know, bear any kind of fruit? So, uh, interesting stuff coming uh, coming from Brad Spielberger and Pro Football Focus and thoughts about the the salary cap and kind of the way they did things and why they did things the way they did it regarding Aaron Rodgers. So good stuff there. Uh, 877-867-1670. Coming up later on, coming up in the last hour of the show, Tom Silverstein uh, of the Journal Sentinel, he uh, he did the piece on Devontae Adams, basically saying Devontae wasn't coming back. And he got the inside scoop. We're going to have him on in the last hour of the program, so stay tuned for that. When we come back, we got a lot to get to. Um, if you're a, 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 a funny story, goofy story, and let me know uh, if Joe DeGuano is listening, he'll get this. I know it's for one person, but he'll get this. But if you do this, maybe you can relate. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what went on the other night <laughs> downtown Milwaukee because it's just bizarre. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program we're glad you're here kind of a snowy blip kind of day but tonight we got college hoops back at it i'm excited about that hopefully you are as well this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at burn pit barbecue they are veteran owned they are right here in the state of wisconsin go to burnpitbbq.com whether it's for the sauces the rubs their hot sauces are fantastic but uh, they're veteran owned they're based in wisconsin and uh, keep, uh, keep supporting them. They've had uh, tremendous success because of you. 
and uh, they can't say thanks enough. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. That's burnpitbbq.com. So, Ben, you tell me if this is weird or not. Uh, you know the other night, went to uh, the box game. So, which is, that's not what I'm asking. So we are in, uh, <laughs> we are in, uh, we are in Calderon Club. And we're waiting for a very good friend of mine and, and his son to join us. We're sitting in Calderon Club, downtown Milwaukee. Now, for those that know, do you know who Jim Gaffigan is? Of course. I love Jim Gaffigan. Okay. Jim Gaffigan, tremendous comedian. His wife is from Milwaukee. So he's in Milwaukee a lot. He he comes here is is he's always here for New Year's and Christmas. He's always in town. He always does his show here. I think it's even like New Year's Eve or close to it. But regardless, he's usually in town. So, but he does come to Milwaukee quite a bit. So we're sitting at the end of the bar at Calderon Club. And now I will say, for those that have been there and know what I'm talking about, it's a who's who. Uh, whenever you know you can go down there at any point in time and you can see players. You can see umpires, referees, celebrities, um, you know, people of, of, you know, the top people in companies and such. It's just a tremendous place to go. So we're sitting there. And now I, I back this up because our, our network sales guy, Joe DeGuano, uh, we were with he and his wife, uh, Lynn. Lynn is the uh, is, she's the general manager of our affiliate out in Eau Claire. And we were with them a couple of weeks ago at the Special Spaces event, and Lynn was telling the story how she sees people who she thinks are celebrities, like players or movie stars or whatever, and her thing is you don't want to go up to somebody and go, hey, are you such and such? So what she does, like if she sees somebody that looks like Tom Cruise, she'll just yell, Tom! And if they turn around then it's you figure it's them. You know, you kind of figure, okay, or, you you know, Tom Cruise, and then if they turn around, it's it's that person, so that kind of verifies it, right? So she taught Kristen to do this. Oh, God. So we're sitting at the end of the bar. Now, you've seen Jim Gaffigan's, uh, you know, comedy, obviously. Have you ever seen the one where he talks about going to the gym with mirrors so he can look at himself while he's working on himself, and, and he goes through that whole list, and while I'm reading myself magazine. And if you know Jim Gaffigan, he has that weird voice he uses every now and then. And so he said, you know, something about going to going to the gym and looking at himself and working on himself while he's reading his self magazine, talking to him. And then, and then he, at the very end of it, he goes, myself. You know what I'm talking about? Haven't seen that one, but I know the okay. voice. You can pull it up. You you can pull it up on YouTube. You can find it. I mean, you you know, if you want to, go just look for Jim Gaffigan and myself, and, and you'll see the whole skit. You'll know exactly what it is I'm talking about. And he's got that voice that he uses. So we're sitting at the end of the bar, and we look over in the window, and she goes, that's Jim Gaffigan. And I, I kind of look back, and I, I admit, I mean, it was Jim Gaffigan's doppelganger. I, I, I looked over, and I'm like, yeah, I think that might be him. And then I just wanted to stare for a bit without staring. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm like, nah, because he's got this big beard. He's got this big white beard. And I said, no, nah, I don't think that's him. Um, it just, as much as it does look like him, this guy's older, probably maybe seven to ten years older, I'd say. It just, it just didn't, it wasn't him. Let's put it that way. She goes, yes, it is. I said, no, it's not. Yes, it is. So she starts to do 
she she doesn't do the gym. Hey, Jim, she doesn't do that, right? She does the myself. Oh no! And then looks. Now she now let, let me let me say this. She's got her menu up in front of her face, telling me to look myself. And then you know she'll kind of lean back out of out of her menu and look over. He doesn't look. And I'm like, yeah, it's not him. She goes, well, maybe he didn't hear me. Myself does it again. <laughs> so, and now I'm kind of laughing. I'm like, you got to stop. You stop it. And she, she looks over and the guy doesn't look. And then she's like, myself, and does it again. And I'm like, look, if this guy, first of all, if it's Jim Gaffigan, he's doing everything he can to ignore you. Secondly, this guy probably knows, as he's been approached by other people, he looks like Jim Gaffigan. So he may not even know the skit, but he knows one thing, that you're trying to get his attention. You're probably annoying the hell out of this guy. So she leans back again. Just lets it. And, the, like, everybody else is looking but the table with this guy that looks like Jim Gaffigan at it. So that was... And then finally our friends got there, and then thank God, because then the conversation just became the conversation. But she just kept sitting at the end of the bar. They're probably like, uh, is that Bill Michaels? Yeah. Uh, who's he with down there? Uh, I don't know. She showed up on a short yellow bus. Uh, when she walked through the door, it was raining. She was wearing a helmet, had an umbrella, had uh, maybe some pads and glasses on her head. I really don't know who he's with. It, she, she's just, she keeps yelling myself. I don't know why. She just does. It was just, it was just the weirdest thing. So I have uh, our buddy, our network sales guy, Joe DeGuano, and his wife, Linda, thank for that completely embarrassing moment in my life. Did you find it by any chance? No, no, I've not. I have a lot of clips okay. that I have stored deep in the okay. deep in the archives. But my question yeah. was, in those settings, yes. you yell out the name. Did Joe's wife tell Kristen to also hide after you do? I feel like if you do it, you have to then be the person who makes eye contact. You can't. Oh yeah, just no, she was leaning back. No, she was leaning back like the first time. She's like, did he look? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not looking at the guy. And then she le le now she's leaning back, like out of the menu. Like she's coming out of her hiding space. The, the big menu was the hiding space. So she's leaning back, looking at him going, myself, and just looking. And he's like, no, he's not looking. Maybe he didn't hear me. I'm like, Every the people on the other side of the restaurant are hearing you. This guy clearly does not. He's engaged in a conversation with the guys at the table. They're toasting. They're drinking wine. They're eating spaghetti and meatballs. They don't give a damn about the crazy lady at the end of the bar yelling, myself, just kept doing it. So I was just, yeah, that was my experience. It's kind of messed up. Uh, if you're going to yell Tuesday the name, night, you need to be the one to make eye contact right you can't right, just right. throw so, you under the fire that's the worst no part of no all of no the, the first time she did after that she was bound to determine to figure out if that was jim gaffigan or not and and then it was just i think then it was how many times she could kind of wheeze it out of her to before somebody came down and said you know you're we're gonna have to throw you out of here <laughs> so uh so that was that was my 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 experience on tuesday night uh speaking of the bucks big night tonight but they could run into a quandary. Do you know why? And if you don't, I'll tell you when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Tonight, tonight we feast. Tonight we head down to Robert's Specialty Meats. I don't care if it's snowing out or not. I'm grilling. Tonight we head to Robert's Specialty Meats. It is ribs on a stick night. I'm getting some of the uh, broccoli and Parmesan cheese stuffed mushroom caps. Grill is going to be fired up. And that and that's the feast I sit down with at 6.05 as the first game of the NCAA tournament pops on tonight. Got a cigar in hand afterwards. Probably a bourbon. Bullet bourbon, cider bourbon. And then after that, dessert with a few Girl Scout cookies as I watch the games tonight. That's my night. It all starts out with Robert Specialty Meats out of Waukesha. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com for everything. He is not only your hometown butcher, he's mine. That's a guy that I go to. I actually use these people, and I love Paul. Paul's such a great guy. Such a I, we, uh, Kristen and I, we were out to uh, meet up with Crazy Lenny from Crazy Lenny's E-Bikes, and his beautiful uh, girlfriend, and we, we had dinner with them last night. I had a wonderful time, and we were sitting there talking and started to talk about uh, the, the sponsorships. And people that we work with on this program. It doesn't matter whether it's Dan Della and Social House or the people from Stenny's and, and, you know, Jerry Stenstrup and Ryan. I can go through the whole list of people. But there is not one bad person that we deal with. These are just genuinely good business owners. And Paul Roberts is one of the best. Uh, and you can find him on Sunset out in Waukesha. And if you want to do some email stuff or you want to get some stuff Internet-wise, Go to Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That is Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. Before I talk the Buck stuff, uh, it was only a matter of time. You kept waiting for it. Eventually, there was going to be the implosion of Jimmy Butler. Last night, we saw it. If you didn't see the video, uh, they call a timeout. Eric Spolster, the head coach, uh, comes out onto the floor. The team starts to head back to the, uh, to the huddle. And then Jimmy Butler who is known to be a hothead. We'll call, well, probably the kindest thing you can say is he can be a hothead. Okay? Um, the worst you can say is he's a malcontent and just he can be self-centered. And we've seen that. What well, boiled over last night. Jimmy Butler wanted to fight the head coach, Eric Spolstra. Udonis Haslam had to step in, and Haslam wasn't letting anything happen to his head coach. He basically told Butler, uh, you can go sit down. And Butler was just mouthy, 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 mouthy. Yeah, that's, and, and you can see Spolster saying, you want to fight me over this? Jimmy Butler gets into that verbal altercation. He gets into it with Haslam, gets into it with Spolstra. They lose to the Warriors. The Bucks are, what, a game and a half back now? And it, it I've always said it to you. He's a tremendous player, good shooter, got a tenacity to him on the court. He's But he can be a head case, a head case. And Butler just, he always thinks he's above the fray. This is just par for the course with Butler. And, and it wasn't going to happen. Wasn't going to happen last night. Haslam's yelling at him. They're shouting at each other. And Spolstra, he ends up slamming the clipboard down, starts to walk towards Butler, and Butler's always got to be the mouth. And so I give Spolster credit. He got in Butler's face, pointing at him and saying, enough. You know, I don't know what all the words were, but apparently they were making dinner reservations later on that night. But 
It was uh, it was an interesting video. If you haven't seen it, it's been all day. Been playing on uh, the NBA.com. It's been playing over on ESPN. Uh, I saw it on Fox earlier today. So, yeah, Eric Spolstra, uh, Jimmy Butler, Haslam, they all started getting into it. So, here we go. Here we go. Tonight, tonight, um, you've got the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks back at home and taking on the Washington Wizards. Not a big deal. Tonight, there's two reasons to go. One is, and we're very right here in our own backyard, very proud of this, uh, our, our own Bonnie. Bonnie Olson going to be uh, tonight on the PA. First time a female has been on the PA at the Bradley Center for a game, for a Bucks game. How about that? How about that? The first time. And so kudos to her because the Bucks called her and said, hey, look, uh, we would love to, uh, you know, inject a female voice. So would you be willing to do it? And she jumped on the chance. So congratulations to Bonnie, who was heading down to the B.C., uh, was there last night, as I saw, and uh, starting to learn the ropes. And tonight she will make history. She will make history as the first female voice to be calling uh, on the PA, calling a Bucks game. She'll take the mic tonight uh, in celebration of Women's History Month. So kudos to Bonnie. That is one reason in itself that you can go. Here's the other, and this is where the Bucks could run into problems. Do you know what tonight is down at the uh, Pfizer Forum, Ben? Is it a ring night? It is. Do you know what problem I'm alluding to? There probably won't be enough rings. Damn straight. Tonight is ring night. They are giving out 10,000 replica rings, which is which is tremendous, right? If you're one of the first 10,000 there, you get an actual, now it's, you know, cubic zirconia and it's not, you know, made of platinum or gold, it, you know, but you get a ring. You get a ring. How cool is that, right? Here's the problem. What if you're 10,001 or two or 12,000 or 13,000 or 15,000 or 17,000 and you don't get one? I would hate like hell to be working the customer service hotline tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bill, I think I have a solution. Yes. They should do it like they do a t-shirt cannon at college basketball and NBA games where they go out maybe after the third quarter or after the first quarter, everyone's in their seats and they just throw them into the stands. Like when, when a player tosses a foul ball in baseball into the stands and everyone just goes after it. Just survival of the fittest. Whoever gets it, gets it. Mm-hmm. But they do it 10,000 times. Okay. Uh, that becomes a bloodbath for the last one that's being fired off. Uh, you can end up having fights in the stands over that. I've seen people fight over T-shirts. So, and can you imagine having a ring chucked at you in a box? <laughs> I mean, it would be kind that's, of hilarious. That's a free helmet to the first 10,000 people just in case you get hit in the head with a ring. Uh, and I like it. I like the idea of it's survival of the fittest. So I, I get that. Here's here's the other aspect of this. Here's part two. Now, if you are not one of the 10,000, 
that gets the ring tonight. And I hope you are. They bought it because you're like, well, they bought enough, right? Why don't just give them all away? They bought more, of which if you don't get one, you can buy. So you're you, you're buying your ticket. You're going to get there early. I mean, the lines are going to be down the street. They're, they're going to be huge tonight. We all know that. Lines are going to be down the street. And you know the workers are getting them, and you know that, uh, you know, uh, personnel and high-end people, if they didn't get a real one, you know, they probably got the replicas first. The, the, the VIPs are coming in through that side entrance. They're getting their rings right away. We all know that because they're not going to miss out. So just a common fan, somebody that's sta- standing down by Mater's in the line a block away trying to get in early, they're trying to head in, right? So tonight, one, there's going to be a push. Two, customer service phones are going to light up. And three, you bought your ticket hoping to get that ring. But if you don't get one, they'll still take more money because they're going to sell you one. I don't want to be a customer service rep for the Bucks tonight. And I'm thinking to myself, if you bought enough to sell to the rest of the people, why not just give them all away? It's not like you're hurting for money. Give another 7000 away because they're sponsored anyway, right? Because we know the Bucks aren't paying for them. They're sponsored. Isn't it like pick and save or something like that? Some some Somebody else is, is giving those things away tonight. It's not the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks, it's their idea, but somebody else is giving them away. They found a sponsor to pay, partially pay her in full for these things, for a pick and save ring. I'm sure it's got the Bucks logo on top and a coupon to get yourself, you know, some cheese or something on the side of it. But I, I don't want to be working customer service tonight. But, Bill, those extra rings are like participation trophies for people who show up late. Right? That's what that is. Society. By the way, out tonight, uh, here, here you go, out tonight, uh, Chris Middleton not playing tonight. Uh, Giannis not playing tonight. DeAndre not playing tonight. Sandra not playing tonight. Out. No Giannis, no Chris Middleton. Then again, they beat the absolute hell out of the Bulls the other night without Chris Middleton. And Giannis, he came in and played well. He didn't, uh, like, pile on the points early in that contest either. He didn't pile them on until later in the game. And he hit every free throw in the first half. I was impressed. Second half, he started to become more Giannis-like, but played pretty well. But that's to be expected out of Giannis. I mean, that's nothing new right there. Uh, So anyway, that's what tonight is down at the Pfizer Forum. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, by all means, do so. Uh, here's one thing that we're finding out. Whether it's true or not, we'll have to wait and see. Deshaun Watson, do we see this coming? Not out of the woods yet. We'll tell you about it. Coming back next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. Glad uh, you're on board today. Thanks so much for taking a listen to us. We certainly appreciate it. Um, So if you didn't know, the Cleveland Browns 
Um, we all know that they did their due diligence as they reported. Uh, now, how much that due diligence actually was, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, for all reports, though, they basically talked to people that were being paid by Deshaun Watson to represent him, and that's the, as far as their investigation went. But uh, in Houston, the Fox 8 I team has learned that a second grand jury in another Texas county has been convened to hear evidence against Deshaun Watson. They uh, have met to hear more evidence in the case. The district attorney in that county declined to confirm the information. He did say that uh, more information will be released later today. The attorney for Watson tells the I-team that the complaint was filed by one of the women involved in the civil lawsuit case. It's not a new complaint. Uh, He said uh, that officials waited until the Harris County Grand Jury finished before presenting their case. Watson, currently in, uh, in Berea, has denied any wrongdoing. Uh, the Houston attorney representing the 22 women have, who have accused Watson of sexual assault and harassment say no one from the Cleveland Browns ever reached out to them prior to acquiring the quarterback. Watson facing uh, lawsuits from 22 women, but he's also uh, but he's facing no criminal charges uh, in Harris County. So that doesn't mean that they couldn't present in another county and come back and then find enough evidence there for this to go to a trial, an actual law proceeding, and have charges filed against him. So we'll wait and see. So why do I bring it up? The uh, Going back to the Cleveland Browns, which, again, they're a train wreck of an organization, and they, they have been for an, an incredibly long period of time. But they... Apparently, in in looking to trade for Deshaun Watson, spoke with, because you'd figure, you know, you would speak with the victims or the at least the attorney for the victims. Not to, And again, you're not going to gather anything. That attorney is not going to give you any ammunition that if you get called to the stand, either for or against Deshaun Watson, that you're going to have some kind of breaking new information or you're going to have... Because it's not usual for you to be able to talk to both sides. It doesn't matter. I mean, even if you're a company looking to hire somebody, you don't get a chance to talk to both. Usually they'll decline. And the reason being is, is because they don't want you to get into a conversation with one attorney to give them evidence against a client for another attorney. So it makes some sense. I get it. But in the realm of the NFL, you would figure you would do your due diligence to find out as much information what is and isn't true, what is and is, isn't being elaborated upon, that type of thing. Because you don't want to bring your guy into an organization and find out, you know, two months later he's being indicted on sexual assault charges. And there's enough there to charge him. Now you're not going to use him. The NFL is going to become even more involved because there's actual charges now. So immediate suspensions are going to be handed down, most likely for a long period of time. The quarterback you just brought in has now pissed off the current quarterback that you had. He doesn't want to be there anymore. It, it just it begins the motion of a train rolling downhill for an absolute wreck. But apparently that's what the Browns are doing. And the Browns, they say knew about the second grand jury. Whether I believe that or not, I don't know. But at least they say that they knew about the impanelment of the second grand jury. And now we wait and see what actually happens with Deshaun Watson. But, um, man, 
They are not. Uh, they're not going to. They're not going to let it go. Nor should they, for that matter. Nor should they. Uh, if indeed he did uh, even a, a handful of the things that he's accused of, uh, he, the guy's a mess. Don't forget, coming up in the last hour of the show, we're going to talk with Tom Silverstein of the Journal Sentinel. He wrote the article, came out in the Journal Sentinel today about Devontae Adams and the departure from the Green Bay Packers. So that is coming up uh, in the last hour. Coming up next, we're going to talk some more Bucks basketball and NBA in general. Uh, Jim Ozarski is going to be joining us. And Jim Ozarski also with the Journal Sentinel. Uh, he'll join us. We'll talk a little bit about this Bucks team, about the injuries that they're facing, uh, the return of Brooke Lopez. And there's only 10 games left in the regular season. Only 10. And the team that's right now on top in the East, that being the Miami Heat, they had a meltdown last night between Haslam, Butler, uh, Eric Spolster, the head coach, it got it got kind of heated on the sideline. Now I know they're making jokes about it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it was uh, it was uh, they ended up losing to the Warriors last night, and uh, it was uh, it was it was rather heated. And they ended up and you, good point, Ben. They lost to the Warriors last night, and you would normally go, "Wow, the Warriors are a good team." They didn't have uh, Steph or Clay last night. Neither one of those guys played. That should have been almost an automatic. And it was at home. It was in Miami. That should have been an automatic W for uh, the Heat. And they they didn't. And after losing to the Sixers that didn't have Embiid or Harden, this team seems to be flailing. And I've said all along, as, as great a player as Jimmy Butler can be, he is. he can be a head case. He is, he is sandpaper underwear. He will eventually just rub you raw enough to where it you just there's always there's everywhere he goes there have been problems where he seems to be the center of the tornado, and so Jimmy Butler in it again last night. And I know there's a lot of Butler fans here. I get it. He's a he's a true. I will not take away from his playing capability, but sometimes his own ego, head, you know, lack of self control, whatever it happens to be, just kind of gets in the way. You've got Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Boston all tied right now behind Miami, one and a half games back. So those three teams, you've got to the Bucks tonight taking on uh, Washington. Washington, they're out of it right now. They're 16 games back, and uh, they're not going to climb back into playoff contention. They're pretty much done. Indiana, Detroit, and Orlando have already been eliminated. Wizards are the next team to go. Wizards and the Knicks, they're both 16 games back. So uh, with only 10 games remaining on the docket, tonight being ring night, Bucks tonight without Giannis, without Middleton, not going to be uh, not going to be on the floor this evening. They still should be able to handle the Wizards. Still should be able to. They got the Wizards tonight. Then they go on the road on Saturday, taking on Memphis. Then they go to Philadelphia. They got two big games back to back on that three game road trip. Two big games. They well, not only is Memphis a, a decent team, obviously, uh, but they've got Philadelphia and Brooklyn back to back, and uh, they got Saturday Memphis. Tuesday, Philadelphia, Thursday, Brooklyn. They come back home. They take on the Clippers. They take on Dallas. Then they got to go to Chicago and face the Bulls again before they get Boston and then Detroit and Cleveland uh, on the road to end the season before they get into the postseason. So the Bucs, uh, they got some tough one, tough ones coming down the stretch. And, oh, by the way, yeah, that was uh, coming out today as well, that the New York City mayor 
is rolling back uh, the mandates now as far as vaccinations and stuff go with everything completely declining. Um, and now Kyrie is going to be able to play at home games. So the Brooklyn Nets just got a little bit better as well as Kyrie Irving is now going to be back with the Nets full time. So that's going to make things a little bit tougher for the Bucks down the stretch, but but it's uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, end of the post or end of the uh, regular season before you get to the postseason for the Milwaukee Bucks. There you go. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. Jim Ozarski talking Bucks basketball with us when we come back. We'll get into that discussion, and we got a lot more. Got a lot more just topical stuff to chit chat about. Good stuff today. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. But Jim Ozarski coming up next. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.